Thank you for listening to sermon podcasts from the Anglican Church Noosa. This sermon commences our sermon series, Kingdom Come, and today's topic is a healing kingdom. The Bible passage is Matthew 9, 18 to 34, and the preacher is Chris Johnson. It comes from Matthew chapter 9 and verses 18 to 34, and that can be found in the Pew Bibles on page 974. 974. Matthew 9, starting at verse 18. While he was saying this, a synagogue leader came and knelt before him and said, My daughter has just died, but come and put your hand on her and she will live. Jesus got up and went with him, and so did his disciples. Just then a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. She said to herself, If I only touch his cloak, I will be healed. Jesus turned and saw her. Take heart, daughter, he said. Your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed from that moment. When Jesus entered the synagogue leader's house, he saw the noisy crowd and people playing pipes. He said, go away, the girl is not dead but asleep. They laughed at him. After the crowd had been put outside, he went in and took the girl by the hand and she got up. News of this spread throughout all that region. As Jesus went on from there, two blind men followed him, calling out, have mercy on us, son of David. When he had gone indoors, the blind men came to him and asked him, Do you believe that I am able to do this? Yes, Lord, they replied. When he touched their eyes and said, According to your faith, let it be done to you. And their sight was restored. Jesus warned them sternly, See that no one knows about this. But they went out and spread the news about him all over that region. While they were going out, a man who was demon-possessed and could not talk was brought to Jesus. And when the demon was driven out, the man who had been mute spoke. The crowd was amazed and said, Nothing like this has ever been seen in Israel. But the Pharisees said, It is by the prince of demons that he drives out demons. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning, everyone. Great to be the people of God together at Noosa. This morning we commence a new series, Kingdom Come, and uh, we're going to spend five weeks in Matthew's Gospel. We're looking specifically at Matthew chapters 9, 10 and 11 and what they teach us about the Kingdom of God. We're going to discover it's a beautiful kingdom, uh, that people's sick bodies are healed, dead bodies are raised to life. It's a kingdom where people are called to repent in order to enter the kingdom. And those who do choose to follow the king are then sent on his mission to bring others others in. These sent ones will have to endure uh, rejection and persecution. We'll come to that in, the, in chapter 10. Uh, but the king promises to all those who are burdened and heavy laden, he will give them rest. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And he will give those who follow him rest. 
So some beautiful things in these chapters, and uh, I hope you might look forward to the next uh, four weeks coming up as well. This morning, though, we're looking at the healing kingdom and the passage Matthew 9, 18 to 34. If you've got a Bible there, it'd be very handy to have it in front of you. There's four stories of healing, um, although one of them is actually the raising of a young girl from the dead. And so these lovely stories that we've just heard, uh, the raising of the synagogue leader's daughter, the healing of the woman who'd been subject to bleeding for 12 years, the healing of two blind men, and then the driving out of a demon which allowed a mute man to speak. Did you notice the diverse range of people here? Uh, There's male and female. There's young and old. There's people who had strong faith and people whose faith position we don't know. And there's a variety of human need represented in these stories. A distraught father whose daughter has just died. There are a few more harrowing situations in life than a parent losing a child that little one you gave birth to that you swore you would love and protect, and then they're gone. There's nothing you can do about it. Uh, And if any of you have had to face uh, that horrible tragedy in your life, my heart goes out to you this morning as we hear this story read Uh, because I know there can be a wound there that um, can never really fully heal. And I've taken a number of funerals uh, for children, and they're always uh, distressing and and, um, difficult things. So God bless you if that's your situation. But this synagogue leader, uh, we can understand, I think, his desperation and his need. But next we have the woman who'd been bleeding for 12 years. We don't get a lot of detail in Matthew, but if you go to Mark's version of this, in his gospel, he says this, She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had, yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. Just horrible, isn't it? She must have been desperate. And for any of you who've uh, had chronic illness and the doctors haven't been able to treat it, uh, we can probably identify with how desperate this woman was. And then we come to the two blind men Assuming they'd been blind uh, from birth, they had to uh, endure the tragedy of never being able to see the glory of God's creation, the things we take for granted, those of us who can see. Uh, They must have had some sense that it was a beautiful environment in which they lived, but they could only grasp it by their imagination. And I sometimes think it's probably like that for all of us. Well, it's like that for me as I think about... uh, the new creation and what's coming in the next life. The moment I can only grasp it by my imagination, shaped by scripture, uh, what it might be like. Uh, but for the moment, we, we see in a mirror dimly uh, and we're, we're grasping at it. Anyway, for these uh, two gentlemen, uh, just to see the creation, let alone the new creation for them, Uh, This must have been a wonderful, wonderful experience to have their eyes opened and uh, to see the beauty of God's creation. But then we have the man who was possessed by a demon and unable to talk. Very frustrating disability. How marvellous for him to be able to now enter into full conversation with people, with his family, with his friends, to be brought into the social world of his day. 
And so there's a great variety of human need here, yet the amazing thing is this one man, Jesus Christ, can meet every need. Every need. Uh, And of course, much more than just the four needs represented in these people. In each of the Gospels, Jesus is in command of every situation, able to meet every person at their point of need, and in fact, sometimes meeting needs that people aren't even aware of, taking them to deeper levels. And uh, so this tells me that this is a kingdom in which there is compassion. It's a compassionate kingdom. And Jesus shows compassion for desperate people, a grieving father, a woman with chronic illness, the blind and the mute. And that's just the beginning. Go on in Matthew's gospel and we see him again and again showing this compassion to all he meets. Now compare this with the religious leaders of the day who thought that a relationship with God was achieved through strict adherence to the law. Uh, Jesus teaches that it's by grace we're saved. And if you believe the kingdom is of grace rather than law, then the outcome of that should be compassion. Those who receive compassion from the Lord, those who receive mercy from the law, show mercy, show compassion, because we're immersed in the kingdom. So it's a kingdom of compassion. The next thing to note, it's a kingdom of faith the importance of faith in the kingdom of God. There's two stories here where the healing is directly related to, the fa- related to faith, two stories where faith doesn't come into it uh, directly. Let's explore that. Uh, the two stories which uh, show faith, firstly, the he- um, firstly is the, the woman with bleeding. What does Jesus say to her? She, he says, take heart, daughter, Your faith has healed you. No beautiful words of Jesus. Once again, the compassion. Take heart, daughter. Lovely way of addressing her. Your faith has healed you. Her faith showed itself when she sought out Jesus. Her faith showed itself when she pushed through the crowd to get to Jesus. Matthew doesn't tell us about the crowd, but if you go to Mark, again, it's a much fuller account. He mentions the crowd three times. There were a lot of people there. It wasn't easy to get to Jesus, but she pushed through. She showed her faith as well when she reached out her hand and touched the edge of his cloak. She thought, that's all I need to do. And uh, her faith is rewarded. Jesus says, take heart, daughter. Your faith has healed you. The other story uh, where those with the ailment have faith uh, is the story of the two blind men. It's all about faith here. Uh, Look at the way they cry out to Jesus. They say, have mercy on us, son of David. To address Jesus as son of David was to acknowledge him as the long-awaited Messiah who would come from the line of David, uh, come uh, to save the nation. This is more than just having faith in Jesus as a great healer. This is acknowledging Jesus as the Messiah, uh, that he's the one who would come and reestablish the nation of Israel, bring in the kingdom of God. Now, at this point, the focus of the two men is probably not on these bigger kingdom issues. It's really on their healing, but simply the fact that they would address Jesus as son of David uh, shows that uh, there's a lot of background here. Uh, and a bigger faith that uh, they're, they're exhibiting. 
They cry out, have mercy on us. I'm sure the mercy they're looking for is uh, the healing of their blindness. And Jesus takes them aside and he actually tests them about their faith. Did you notice that? He says, do you believe I'm able to heal your blindness? And their response seems to be a very confident, yes, Lord. And then Jesus touches their eyes and he says, according to your faith, let it be done to you. They must have had great faith because they were healed instantly. And so faith's very prominent in those two stories. However, the other two, we really don't know the faith position of uh, the people who received healing. The daughter who was dead was hardly in a position to make a statement of faith, and likewise the man who was mute. And so we don't know whether they were inclined to believe in Jesus or not. But take note of the faith of the people around them. Uh, The synagogue leader bringing his daughter, uh, begging Jesus to come and help his daughter. Obviously, he had great faith in Jesus. He believes Jesus not only can help sick people, but can help people who've died. And look at his approach to Jesus in verse 18. We're told this leader uh, comes and kneels before Jesus. Now, the Greek word used here for kneeling can be used in a secular sense of someone coming before a person of authority and simply showing them great respect. But it can also be used as an act of worship before the divine. And Matthew in other places uses the same word in that way. If you think uh, to the Great Commission at the end of the Gospel, Matthew 28, and just before he gives the Great Commission in verse 17... Uh, We're told the disciples come before the risen Lord and they worshipped him. Well, that's the same word. They worshipped him. And so this same word is uh, what's being used for the synagogue leader kneeling before Jesus. Now, we don't really know how much the synagogue leader understood who Jesus was and that he was, you know, God incarnate and should be worshipped. He probably, of course, he couldn't have grasped all of that. But he's certainly showing Jesus great and deep respect uh, in coming before him. And that, I think, revolves around this faith that he had that Jesus had power over death. And if he could just get Jesus to come and see his daughter, things would happen. Uh, And so he certainly had faith. And then... uh, The other incident, the man who was demon-possessed and mute, uh, there is nothing specifically here pointing to faith except to note that he is brought to Jesus. Do you see that in verse 32? He doesn't come of his own initiative. It just says he's brought. So he obviously had very caring friends, friends who weren't concerned that he had a demon, friends who weren't put off by the fact that he was mute, probably struggled to uh, keep in touch and to keep communicating, keep uh, uh, that friendship going. And it's these friends who obviously believed that Jesus at some, believed in Jesus at some level, uh, that he could help their friend. And so faith in Jesus is very important for those who want to enjoy the benefits of the kingdom. It is faith in Jesus. You know that word faith is used in so many different ways in our society, isn't it? Uh, And I think for a lot of people, it's just this general idea of thinking positively. You can walk into gift shops and you'll find the word faith on mugs or 
um, posters, or I think you can probably even get the letters and you can set them up on your, on your kitchen shelf. Uh, faith. Just have faith. But that's not what Matthew's talking about. Not at all. In his gospel, faith is about faith in Jesus. And specifically, Jesus being king, reigning in his kingdom. And his acts of compassion are about him reigning as king in his kingdom. As the blind men declared, uh, he is son of David, the Messiah, the king. As the synagogue leader declared in kneeling before Jesus, that he, Jesus reigns as king over death, as well as every other aspect of life. So what we can say about this kingdom of God from this passage is that it's a kingdom of compassion, it's a kingdom of faith, specifically and most importantly, it is a kingdom where Jesus is the king. People's faith is not about faith for its own sake or faith in positive thinking. It's about faith in King Jesus. Now, there's two possible responses uh, when people come in touch with this kingdom. That we, and the two responses we find in this passage. Uh, one is of jealousy and the other one is joy. Firstly, look in verse 34 and the response of the Pharisees. They were jealous. As you can imagine, Jesus was attracting much bigger crowds than they could ever hope to gather. And in verse 33, we read that the crowd was amazed at what Jesus was doing. And they said, nothing like this has ever been seen in Israel. Nothing like this from any of our other leaders. And so how do you counter someone who is raising the dead, healing the sick, casting out demons? You can't deny the miracles, can you? Because the people are there and talking with others and they can see it for themselves. You can't deny the miracles, so you attack the source of the miracles. It is by the prince of demons he drives them out, they say. That's the Pharisees' only comeback. And so they have a very jealous response and they reject Jesus. But the other possible response is joy. Joy over having your daughter raised from the dead. Joy over having a chronic illness which has afflicted you for 12 years healed. Joy over having your sight restored. Joy over being released from a demon, being able to speak again. There's nothing in the text itself that says uh, there was joy, but I think the clue uh, that people had this joy uh, is that the news of these events spread far and wide. Do you notice that? In two of the cases, uh, it spread far and wide. And this is despite Jesus trying to keep it quiet. I think it's a real hint of humour in Matthew's Gospel, the way uh, he says on one hand, don't go and tell anybody. And then the very next verse, <laughs> you know what happens? Look at it with um, the, uh, the blind men. Um, they, uh, they go and blabber, to, uh, the, sorry, in verses 30 and 31. It says, Jesus told them sternly, sternly, see that no one hears about this or no one knows about this. And what does the next very next verse say? They went out and spread the news about him all over the region. <laughs> I think it's a bit like a, 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 so a parent telling their child, uh, now this is just for our family, this news, but mummy's going to have a baby and uh, we've got to tell the wider family, so don't tell anybody else until, you know, we've 
told the wider family. But the next day at school in the playground, guess what? I'm going to have a baby brother or sister, you know, and the news is out. It's very hard to keep good news quiet. So my friends, over these next five weeks, I hope you're going to get very excited about the kingdom of God being good news and that your response will not be to reject Jesus like the Pharisees, but to embrace him wholeheartedly as your king and that you'll want to spread the good news of the kingdom of God wherever you go. The Anglican Church Noosa is an evangelical Anglican church on the northern end of the Sunshine Coast, Queensland, Australia. Our vision is living to love and proclaim Jesus. Our core values are being Christ-centred, Bible-based, spirit-led and mission-shaped. If you have found this sermon helpful and would like to contribute to the ongoing ministry of ACN, please go to our website anglicanchurchnoosa.org forward slash giving. Thank you. For-